It is a Wednesday, so joining us as always here is Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, as always joining us to go over the latest COVID headlines. Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right, before we get to COVID, some uh, really sad news just breaking this afternoon regarding Bruce Willis. He has announced that he is stepping away from acting, Dr. Gorfinkel, due to a aphasia diagnosis. Can you explain uh, for us what that is exactly? Aphasia. It is so heartbreaking that such a well-known actor would be struck with this, of all things. And why do I say that? I mean, it's a language disorder. There has been damage to his brain in the area that controls either language or expression. Now, we don't know which it is. There's two different types. One type where a person can speak but cannot understand what's going on. And another type where a person can understand but cannot speak what's on their mind. So this is called receptive and expressive aphasia. And what's interesting is that either way, that connection has been severed. That connection that's so important to us called language has been disrupted. So that's all we know for now. I don't know what, else, what has caused it. It can be a brain tumor sometimes. It can be an infection that does it. More commonly, it's, it's related to stroke. You know, so sometimes people bleed into those areas that control understanding or control our ability to express language, or we can throw out a blood clot to that. You know, so that's another common thing called a thrombotic stroke. So it's not clear exactly what caused his particular issue, but that's what aphasia is. And it's so heartbreaking for an actor, anybody who uses really their mind. We all, it's communication is fundamental to all of us. Mm -hmm. Is there treatment for this? It depends on the cause, you know, so generally there is treatment, but the treatment is long. You know, it takes a long time to get there. We know the brain is extremely plastic and a lot of the time training and, you know, waiting for those things or treating whatever it is. If there's a hemorrhage, perhaps draining that hemorrhage. If there's a blood clot, perhaps dissolving that clot. If there's a brain tumor, treating that brain tumor to take pressure off of that area. So that's the first step. But the second step is a long rehabilitation in order to retrain that brain so that other areas are helping in where that damaged area is not able to supply what it needs. All right. As you mentioned, certainly heartbreaking, just some uh, devastating uh, news. And we certainly wish uh, Bruce Willis and his uh, family uh, the very best. Meantime, uh, to COVID uh, next, Dr. Gorfinkel, and there's been a lot of talk. Uh, you and I were talking about this this time uh, last week about a possible, I guess, sixth wave now and whether or not it's already here. Are we seeing it? Uh, where do you think we are uh, right now in the province of Ontario? Is the sixth wave of COVID, is it underway? Well, let's hope it's not underway. You know, we've heard from our health minister that it's going to be a so-called mini wave. And now why would that be? Because so many people have been vaccinated. You know, so we're talking four out of five people having had two doses, but concerningly, less than half have still had that third dose or that booster shot. So that's going to offer some protection. But on the downside, there's a, there's a loosening of public health restrictions. We have the more contagious subvariant BA2. And of course, the waning or dropping immunity from vaccines that were given months ago. And that's going to introduce a higher susceptibility. So that's a serious problem. But right now, Ontario's cases stand at about 20% of where they had been in early February. So we're just starting to climb. 
Will that mean much higher numbers? I certainly hope not. I, I think cases we might be in trouble because we don't have enough people boosted and late soon enough. You know, many people who did get that booster shot got it more than three months ago. Mm-hmm. Do we have a definition, though, as to when we're truly in a wave? I mean, if cases are up some or around 20 percent of where they were, I'm sorry, you said last uh, February, there certainly is a bit of an uptick, according to the wastewater data, as you and I have discussed uh, previously. But at what point do we say that, yeah, another wave is here? <sighs> I, what defines it? If the case numbers are climbing fast enough, you know, so we look at what we call how fast are case numbers doubling, the doubling time, you know, and it is concerning right now because wastewater signals are up, case positivity is up, hospitalizations are up by 20% in Ontario, and that's a very concerning uptick. I, I think when the province announced, hey, you don't need a mask anymore, you, you know, kids are going to go back to school, they don't need masks anymore. I don't know if they realized this constellation of things that were coming together right at that moment. The more contagious BA2 variant, and that subvariant, by the way, that Omicron subvariant, it's not just a little more contagious. We're talking about one of the most contagious viruses medicine has ever seen, right up there with measles. One person is infected, and that one person can infect 12 other people. So think about that number. Now, what's that mean to a highly vaccinated population? We know that even vaccinated people can carry and transmit that virus, right? So that's a serious problem. And this is what I mean about that constellation of things. Mm-hmm. Personally, every high-risk person should be donning that mask when they go to a, an enclosed retail space. That's my own personal view. And that's a real eye-opener to hear just how contagious the subvariant is, that one person is giving it to 12 others. So is that why we are seeing not only this uh, uptick in the data, but uh, just, again, anecdotally, I think more people are saying they're now hearing from friends that, oh, yes, uh, I know somebody that's uh, COVID positive. Well, I've certainly seen that in my own office. And I know this is anecdotal because I'm just one single doctor. But consider Friday, five patients. Consider Monday, three patients in a half-day clinic. That's extremely concerning to me. So this is, this is above and beyond just the usual questions around vaccines. This is actually people who have the disease. So it's very much out there. And the dropping of mask mandates, the so-called wishful or hopeful thinking, does not change the fact that this is a very serious disease. And, you know, I love the way you, know, you take a look at, you know, the, all the dashboards out there. What do they tell us? Hospitalizations and ICUs. Do they tell us about long COVID? Is there even a mention of the 40% increase in adults who experience COVID and the year later, it's a 40% increased chance of getting diabetes? And what what about its effect on mental health? A 25% increase in depression and, and anxiety. You know, so all of these costs are going to come back to haunt us. Yeah, and is that something we're not talking enough about right now is long COVID? You and I have had several discussions over the months uh, about long COVID, and we're discovering more and more, it seems, every week, every day. Uh, but the costs of uh, long COVID, and are we uh, prepared for that? You know, I really think that they've largely been downplayed. Let's face it, it's easy to talk about hospitalizations and ICUs because there's simple metrics to follow. You know, it's it's easy to follow that. But when it comes to long COVID, you have a a few things going on. It's a delayed diagnosis. It's not up front. And it's also sort of behind the scenes. 
These are patients who say, you know, this is this is one out of four. This is World Health Organization data, by the way. One out of four individuals who experience COVID-19, who get the disease, will get long COVID. That means at least symptoms for one month. So this is a lot of people. Where do they start off? Answer in the family doctor's office. So let's do the math on that, right? So you've got you've got this one. I've got a patient with long COVID. She's got chest pain. She's got shortness of breath. Naturally, she can't work. So what happens? She sees Iris Gorfinkel, the family doctor, who refers her to. Do the math. Cardiologist, lung specialist, psychiatrist, and all of them have repeat visits and repeat testing. And then add to that now her loss of work, her loss of school. You're getting the picture over a large population. Niggly small costs, but guess what? Because it's so many people involved in a large population. We're in serious deep due to if we think the flash in the pan of hospitalization and ICU is going to be the big cost we're facing. The big cost is going to come from these longer term costs. They add up, cut ching in a big way. All right. Listen, we've got to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk uh, more with uh, Dr. Gorfinkel about uh, hospitalizations, including the fact that Ontario hospitalizations are up some 20% day-to-day, just how concerning is that? And we will also get into a discussion about a second booster just approved for those over 50 south of the border. Could we be seeing that come here to Canada? More with Dr. Gorfinkel after a break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 